Hello, you're listening to Quick Save, KRU's newest show about talking about news in the gaming industry. I'm your host, Brent Landreth. So welcome to Quick Save. Uh, like I said, this will be a show talking about news in the gaming industry. Every single week, you will join me as I kind of go over some of the topics that have happened within the last week or so, and also offering my own opinion on it. So, you know, I guess without further ado, we should just kind of jump right into it. So, a lot of things recently have been kind of leaking because E3 is getting ready to happen. Like, E3 is coming up within the next week or so. And, you know, it's pretty exciting. Like, you know, lots of stuff is leaking. Um, the first one is coming uh, for the Nintendo Switch. We have nine games total that were leaked uh, due to a 4chan user posting what looks to be a showroom display creation materials. It's kind of pretty typical, you know, for uh, your E3 showroom. So the nine titles are Dragon Ball Fighters, Fortnite, Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate, FIFA 19, a game called Killer Queen Black, Starlink Battle for Atlas, Paladins, Overcooked 2, and Mario Tennis Aces. So, a couple things in this list um, that are kind of of note. Mario Tennis Aces, I was already announced. Uh, Paladins, you know, it's that's available on other platforms like PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Same thing with Fortnite and Dragon Ball Fighters. Uh, Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate was also already announced, and FIFA 19. Uh, so out of this list, the ones that are completely unannounced as of right now for the Nintendo Switch are Fortnite, Dragon Ball Fighters, Killer Queen Black, and Overcooked 2. Uh, so this list, to me, this seems very plausible. Uh, over here on Gematsu.com, you can look at the list yourself and... You know, it does look like a form that is, you know, for those showroom displays. And it looks pretty legit. But all of these titles, uh, at least the ones that haven't already been announced for the Switch, they all totally make sense. Dragon Ball Fighters, that's running on Unreal Engine 4, which I believe has been confirmed that, hey, that does definitely work on the Switch. Uh, Fortnite, also running on Unreal Engine. It's an engine that's, you know, it's been confirmed to work on the Switch. Probably just have to do, like, some texture work, uh, to kind of keep the performance up. I don't know exactly what Killer Queen Black is, uh, or Overcooked 2. Well, Overcooked 2 is a game that's completely unannounced, uh, for anything. So, Killer Queen Black. Let's go ahead and take a look at some of this. So, Killer Queen is this uh, Killer Queen is this arcade game from what it kind of looks like. Uh, it's been described as kind of like the world's only 10-player arcade game. This was released back in 2013, and you have two teams of five just kind of duke it out on a platform-heavy environment with one player on each team being, being uh, the queen. So... Killer Queen Black, uh, we don't know if, is this a sequel, or if this is kind of like an updated port that has a bunch of new goodies in there, not quite sure, uh, but we will, obviously we're going to probably end up seeing something, uh, with Nintendo's E3 presentation, and so Overcooked 2, uh, that was unannounced, so, hey, that's probably coming out, um, 
I don't have much else to say on this. Uh, it's cool that Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate is coming out. Um, there was a worry that people, like, people were very worried that we weren't going to get this one because, you know, the success of Monster Hunter World on the PlayStation 4. But, you know, it's cool that, you know, these hardcore games that people really love kind of get to keep coming out. Uh, Fortnite, that... Fortnite makes a lot of sense. Like, hell, that game's on smartphones. Why wouldn't you want to put Fortnite on anything that could possibly play Fortnite to make more money? That's a pretty good motivator for wanting to have it on there. And Dragon Ball Fighters, uh, I'm kind of excited for that one. I haven't bought the game yet. I've been wanting to, but now that it sounds for the Switch, uh, maybe I'll hold off a little bit. I don't plan on really playing it competitively. I really just plan on playing it with uh, friends who just kind of want to play it. Um, Destructoid, kind of chiming in on this article, says that uh, they're confident the rumor is accurate. Um, nothing that they received embargoed confirmations of E3 2018 appointments for some of the titles on this list. So, yeah. Um, you know, if something does leak, uh, they like a website can break their embargo. Like if it's something that they've been embargoed under from what I understand. Um, but they, I don't know. Destructoid also did not get very specific with this. So who knows? Um, like out of this list, um, I'd probably end up maybe getting monster hunter. I don't know. Uh, not too into the series, but there's always a chance for me to get into it. Dragon ball fighters. I don't know which version I want. I might, go for that one, or the PC version. It'd be nice to have a game, a fighting game on the go, especially, you know, kind of take it anywhere, play with your friends and whatnot. Uh, Mario Tennis Aces I'm probably going to get at some point. I think Mario Tennis is super cool. Um, and I've seen a bit of the demo for this one, and it's looking pretty good. So, who, eh, who knows? Uh, next story we got coming over here is uh, kind of Nintendo-related, definitely Nintendo-related, but there was an unreleased second-generation Pokemon found in early copies of Gold and Silver. So, recently, people have found and uploaded a ROM of the 1997 Nintendo Space World demo for Pokemon Gold. Now, if this doesn't really sound like a lot, well, at first it doesn't sound like a lot, but actually there's kind of a lot going on here. So basically, um, this demo has a bunch of stuff that's kind of changed in it. Uh, kind of go over some of the gameplay changes. The region that you explore, Johto, does look very different. Uh, the map actually kind of looks a bit like Japan. That's kind of strange. Um, you have the running shoes in this one, but were taken out in the uh, official release. And then instead of a bike, you ride a skateboard kind of some of the gameplay stuff, and also uh, the Kanto region, because for those who haven't played the Johto Pokemon games, Gold and Silver, um, after you beat the main story, then you can actually go to the previous, uh, what do you call it, like, area, land, region. You can go to the previous region from the last Pokemon game and kind of go through there. You can fight all the gyms, and, like, everything works, and it's, like, really cool. It's like, whoa, this game's twice as big as the last one. This is insane. And originally, that wasn't going to be in there. Uh, 
the late Nintendo president Satoru Iwata, um, he was actually the person who came up with the compression code so they could actually fit all of Kanto in there. And this demo, the Kanto region is way different. It's way smaller. You know, it's before they really had all that compression. You're basically just kind of running around a, I I guess for the time, a pretty large city. It's very interesting. Uh, The demo is out there. It's not translated in English. Uh, They are currently, some folks online are currently working on a fan translation for it. And hopefully we'll see, see, you know, within the next coming weeks. I like to kind of go through that and look at some stuff. But those gameplay instances that I mentioned aren't the only really big differences with this one. Because there are a ton of Pokemon in here that haven't been seen in any other game and were just kind of cut in general. Uh, Whether these be like completely new evolutions, completely new Pokemon, or just completely different designs. Um, There are a ton of different like spreadsheets that people have made so you can kind of like look at it. Uh, There's this community spreadsheet... Um, in this, uh, th- it is this Google Doc called Pokemon GS Demo. Take a look at it. Uh, some folks, some fans have kind of put together with stuff uh, coming out of the cutting room floor, the video game website that is dedicated to finding sort of like bits and pieces of lost video game stuff. And so, like, there's tons of info in here. Uh, like, there's, um, let's see, there's stuff talking about how there's complete debug modes within this. Um, currently working on some English stuff. Okay, so what they're working on, I was slightly wrong earlier, they're working on a remastered version of this ROM. Basically make, changing it from kind of being like a demo to being more playable. They're fixing things like collisions, evolutions, remove hard-coded shinies. Um, so that's currently being worked on. So there are some glitches with it. Uh, there's a couple things. Let's see, like, well, let's see, some glitches. Um, countering wild Pokemon and other maps, memory corruption and sketch glitch kind of tells you how to activate it, which I guess retroactively means you could also avoid it. Some of the oddities are Rin Ring is female only. Ella B is male only, so some weird stuff in there. Uh, no Lugia, but no Pokemon with similar stats to Ho-Oh. Was Ho-Oh originally like Mewtwo and its singular legendaries? Uh, that's kind of interesting, so maybe they just haven't implemented Lugia at the time of this. Multiple held items share their effects with another. Which, I mean, like, a lot of this kind of seems like leftover programming stuff that would have been fixed kind of through things like QA and just kind of like stuff right before release. Um, only Pikachu and Sunflora are programmed to be shiny. Bicycle moves at walking speed. That's actually pretty terrible. Uh, there's a darkness implementation by only showing the immediate area surrounding the player. Okay. I don't. I don't believe that was in... I don't believe, no, I don't think that was in gold and silver. Um, let's see. Uh, skateboard movement is completely broken unless holding B and bypasses map boundaries. So I guess if you want to get out of bounds with that. 
Pokemon don't have to wait until gaining a level to evolve their past or evolution level. Gaining experience sometimes starts the evolution. Just really odd stuff. Uh, Pokemon, this is probably what you want to look at. If, you know, like I said, this Google Docs thing called Pokemon GS Demo, if you really want to kind of dig deep into this, um, there's this thing comparing all of the Pokemon. There's like, uh, let's see what we got here. F um, final Demo demo final demo okay so it's like uh yeah so they have the uh front sprites and the back sprites nothing of real note here um um okay yeah so all, all the demo ones are in black and white and they went through and colored them so you can kind of notice differences a bit better there's nothing too odd at first um Things like Butterfree looks like slightly different. There's a lot of slight differences everywhere, but then you get to instances with like. Let's try to see if I can find one for a really good example here. Uh, Pichu is bizarre looking, like such a radically different design from what we would eventually get. Um, and it's just really worth looking at. Like I can't really explain too much in audio form here. And so, like, uh, a couple other things. They're talking about, like, items, item effects. Uh, they got some of the trainers in here. Um, they got translations for all the trainers, too, since people are working on an English translation for this. This kind of stuff always really interests me. Um, I'm very fascinated by, like, sort of beta versions of games that, you know, haven't really seen the light of day and are very different uh, from the final copy because it kind of like it gives you some insight into you know what they were thinking about when developing it and kind of what they ended up with it's super interesting once again that's pokemon gs demo definitely look that up uh the story is running over at ign they have a link over to it uh yeah it's very interesting and i can't wait to kind of play through uh that english translation when that eventually comes out Next story coming over here at Kotaku um, from Jason Schreier. Bungie gets $100 million for new non-Destiny game. So Bungie, you know, the makers of Halo, after they ended up rebuying their company, uh, you know, they're like, you know, they rebought it and they want to start making new games and they started making Destiny. Destiny is not my cup of tea, really. Uh, so this is pretty interesting. So yeah, uh, Bungie, they've been quietly working on this non-Destiny game for some time now and they just ignat and they uh just acknowledged it for the first time and they're uh they've announced a partnership with chinese publisher NetEase that will raise them a hundred million dollars um i'm really interested to see this because i you know i enjoy halo um i i haven't bought many microsoft consoles but i do enjoy halo playing it with friends and everything it's this very iconic shooter it has this definite place in history but to me destiny was always kind of disappointing i wasn't the biggest fan of it um you know i'm not too big on like kind of mmo style games and uh what people are defining as lifestyle games games that you know you're meant to play a, like uh like an hour or two a day for an extended period of time i don't know that's just not really my thing um I'm curious to see what this new project is. 
I know that Bungie is technically independent now. You know, they're getting Activision to publish their stuff. And everything. But I'm excited to see what this is. I hope this does mean that they end up remaining independent, even though they have received new funding from this Chinese company. So who knows what what it's going to bring. I, I don't know if we're going to see an announcement at E3. We might, or they might kind of hold off until either later this year or maybe E3 next year, but I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see. Kind of coming off of that is um, Mega Man 11, you know, this highly anticipated sequel to Mega Man. Like, Mega Man 10 came out, what, like eight years ago or something, and after the kind of fallout with Mighty Number no. 9 and how people were very disappointed by Keiji Inafune's Kickstarter to make a successor to Mega Man. Like, finally, fans were just super burnt out on it. And, you know, and that's really disappointing. But now Mega Man 11 is coming, and it's coming this October, and it's also getting an amiibo, I guess? Sure. I don't really mess with amiibos all that often. I only have, like, one or two. But that's still pretty cool. And Mega Man 11, you know, I'm, like, I'm looking at some gameplay right now. Kind of right in front of me. And it, it's using this kind of... I guess you would describe it as like a kind of 2.5D art style. It's like it's not sprite-based, but it looks really good. Like, all the sprite work looks really great. Um, animation work on Mega Man looks kind of weird. Like, they're trying a little too hard to emulate the original games. Uh, the English voice acting still sounds really bad, which, uh, you know, is good. That's to be expected. Um, it's looking really interesting. I don't consider myself a super big fan of Mega Man, but this is still really cool for all the fans out there who have been just craving for a new game, you know. And it's looking like that it's going to end up, um, you know, being pretty good. It's going to end up probably uh, getting some goodwill from the fans back again that, yeah, Mega Man, he's back. Maybe they can start doing stuff with, you know, with, with Mega Man now because after Keiji Inafune left Capcom to make Mighty Number no. 9 at his new, uh, what are they technically? It's like an idea development studio concept. You know, there was like reports that, yeah, there was kind of some bad blood in Capcom. Like people felt very awkward about, you know, M Mega Man as a series, as an intellectual property that, you know, kind of prevented them from making more stuff. You know, so you had things like, Mega Man Legends 3 was canceled. Uh, Mega Man, it was like called Mega Man Universe. That was canceled too. And, you know, like the only like Mega Man thing you really got was that terrible Mega Man model in Street Fighter Cross Tekken. And, and you know, that, that, that just kind of sucks. But now it looks like Mega Man is back and I'm hoping they start doing some stuff with it. I'm, I'm crossing my fingers for Mega Man Legends 3. I don't know. I think Mega Man Legends is kind of cool, I guess. Whatever. But it's looking pretty good, and I'm very I'm, I'm very happy with it. I'm very glad that people who are bigger fans of Mega Man than me are going to be able to play a new Mega Man game coming soon. And with that, I think we're going to go ahead and take a quick break right now. Uh, be sure to stay tuned and... In about five minutes, we'll return talking about some more gaming news about what's happening, really. Uh, you know, stuff is starting to leak out of E3. We have even more leaks, and then after leaks, studios got to come up with some type of, like, teaser trailer. Stay tuned for that.
Are you looking for valuable on-the-job experience? Do you have a creative mind and you need an outlet to express it? Then KRU might be the place for you. Here at KRU, UMKC's student-run radio station, you can earn that valuable on-the-job experience you need through an internship or by volunteering. Whether it's making your own show, that could be a talk show, music show, you talk about whatever you want, the sky is the limit, or some of our more producer jobs. Things like managing the archives, or producing some content. Whatever it is, KRU might be the place for you. If you're interested in joining KRU, then send an email over to kruradio at gmail.com. Trust me, we'd love to have you. Inside, will it always be burning the house? 
Hello and welcome back to Quick Save. I'm your host, Brent Landreth. The show where every Tuesday at 5 p.m., I will be talking about the latest news in the gaming industry. So now we have a new announcement to go over. Uh, it's a little bit more Pokemon news, you know, like there's a lot of kind of Pokemon crawling around the zeitgeist right now. Uh, Pokemon Let's Go Eevee and Let's Go Pikachu have been revealed and they... If I had to be honest, I think they kind of look lame. I'm not really feeling these new Pokemon games, unfortunately. Uh, so Pokemon Let's Go Eevee and Let's Go Pikachu are remakes of Pokemon Yellow, uh, the classic game for the original Game Boy. Uh, and with these being remakes, um, so you know they're only going to be in the Kanto region. Um, you're only going to have the original 151 Pokemon. Pikachu and Eevee, they can follow you around, you know, kind of like how Pikachu did in the original game. And uh, some other weird kind of oddities is that the Pikachu and Eevee, they can't really evolve. You can play two-player co-op on the same Switch. We're not exactly sure how that's going to work. Because that, I don't know, that doesn't really make any sense. Because why would you want to play two-player if the second player can't keep their Pokemon and take them over to their own game? Oh, well. Um, and then also, like, there's no wild Pokemon battles, and there's no online battles? That's a little strange for a modern Pokemon game, and while these games, they look good, they just look like HD textures on Pokemon Sun and Moon, which, in my opinion, is pretty disappointing. But Nintendo and uh, Game Freak did have to come out and say that, hey, you know, we still have a core Pokemon title coming in, you know, like 2019. So that's good. Because this looks pretty disappointing. Um, they also announced it with a Pokeball controller that has a joystick on it. It has uh, one button. And it basically the whole thing is that, hey, you can play this game with your Pokeball controller. And, um, kind of, in, you can, like, it kind of works like the Pokewalker. If you ever played Heart Gold and Soul Silver, that's the kind of the best way to explain this, is that you can transfer your Pokemon over the Pokeball, but instead of a screen, it has, uh, the Switch Joy-Cons HD Rumble. Which is just kind of fancy for saying, like, this kind of high-fidelity uh, high-fidelity, high-fidelity Rumble. And it also has, like, a speaker in it, and you can hear your Pokemon cry, and, like, the ball will shake and everything. It's like, whoa, I got a Pokemon. And it seems like a cool idea, but like I said, this whole announcement to me just kind of seems lame in a way. Um, and also, if you couldn't tell by the title, Let's Go Eevee and Let's Go Pikachu, these are going to incorporate some stuff from Pokemon Go to where you can even transfer Pokemon to Pokemon Go, I think you, uh, 
not quite sure how you do it, but I'm pretty sure you have to do it with a Pokeball. And so it's incorporating stuff from that, things like how, you know, there's no wild Pokemon battles, you'll be able to see them coming. It's interesting. Pokemon Go is not a game that I played for more than a week and a half when it first came out. You know, like, man, everyone was playing that whenever it came out. And I I guess that's pretty interesting. I guess this is a really interesting idea um, for them to kind of have this filler content while they make a new Pokemon game. It's set to release the year next. But honestly, if I had to be completely serious, I don't think I can get excited for a new Pokemon game. Um, I love the series, you know, growing up. I played them on the Game Boy Advance. I played the original Game Boy ones. I always had so much fun, but my problem with the series is that the series hasn't evolved. It hasn't. It stayed very stagnant. And, you know, there's not there's not really a lot going on with it. And that, to me, that's really disappointing, you know. Sun and Moon looked so promising. Like, you know, the setting was really interesting, and they made these very key changes to the game's core mechanics to make it good, but unfortunately, that game, it held your hand too much. It felt very restrictive in a way that I didn't really like. And while I appreciated more story, I also didn't appreciate having to stop. Like, it felt almost like every five minutes trying to do stuff. And there's just some things that, like, you know, this still isn't quite there for me. Kind of like where I want the series. You know, Game Freak, they're too focused, I think, on, you know, they have to create a new hundred-some-odd Pokemon every generation, which... You don't. We have, like, what, over 700? I'm actually going to look this up right now. How many Pokemon are there? How, how, how many Pokemon are there? There's 802. That's a little too many. All right? That's plenty. We have plenty to deal with, okay? Like, you know, you can use the same Pokemon over and over again. You don't have to keep making new ones. And I'll, I'll, and, and, thing, and things, like I said, the games are a little too handholdy. Um, you know, I've played a lot of the Pokemon games, and it, like, the biggest, the biggest problem that I have with it is that you have to go through the exact same tutorials every single game you play, and it just, you know, it, 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 it irks me. Really, really it does, because... I want more freedom. Like I'm I've gotten so used to other monster collecting games that have more freedom. Like there's a Digimon game that came out a couple years ago called Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth. And like that game, you know, had a, I, th- I think that game has a really cool aesthetic. I I think it's trying different stuff and it doesn't feel overtly handholdy. I want to see a Pokemon game that's radically different from the ones coming out now. And like back on the GameCube, you know, there was that one, there was that there, there was that one Pokemon game, Pokemon XD Gale of Darkness, one where um there were no wild Pokemon, at, at least I don't think so. It's been a little, it's been a little while, but you got new Pokemon by stealing other people's Pokemon. It, it's like you're kind of in this Mad Max esque post apocalypse. Like that's really cool. Where where'd that game go? Like where does a game like that? 
you know, go. I kind of really want to see another one like that. That'd be super interesting to me. But, oh well, you know, I'm hoping that the 2019 title is a little bit better. You know, because uh, Pokemon Let's Go working as an entry point, And, you know, they're still working on traditional RPGs. So, I don't know, it's... You know, who knows what's going to come out of it. I'm just hoping that maybe maybe they'll get me in again. Maybe they'll get me in to Pokemon again. I think that would be amazing. They just suck. If, if I were to get a Pokemon game to sink its teeth into me again, that'd be cool. Now, that was announced along with something called Pokemon Quest, which is a free-to-start action game for the Switch. And coming to mobile phones later this year. So both Pokemon Let's Go and this were announced at kind of the same event. Pokemon Quest is hard to explain. All the Pokemon are like these cubes. And they're running around. You know, you look at it. Like, you look at gameplay and you have these big touch buttons on the bottom. That it looks like it's made for a cell phone, definitely. And... It's aesthetic looks weird. It it's not It's not like I would say graphically intensive at all. Like not at all. I think that um it I think it has a cute art style, but I played it and it sucks. It's not good. It's just like I played it for 10 minutes and I'm like, "No, I uninstalled it." And you know, free to start. So it's going to have microtransactions, you know. Looks like you have, like, some town building customization stuff. But it's a little too, eh, I don't know. Uh, I've seen some people describe it as Minecraft meets, like, Pokemon Rumble. Like, I guess the style of Minecraft. I haven't played Pokemon Rumble. But I don't know. It's, I don't think it looks great. Um, So... So like I said, the game's free to start, but you're going to have microtransactions. Uh, you have some packs for this. $4.99 Expedition Pack. Um, $9.99 Great Expedition Pack. $17.99 Ultimate or Ultra Expedition Pack. Um, things like, oh, you get double the XP and you get more of these tickets and stuff. It looks like pretty typical free to start mobile stuff that you see every day. It's... I don't know. I don't think it looks that interesting, unfortunately, and didn't really play all that well. So, yeah, I don't know, just kind of like a side project that they put out. Oh, well. Now, if we want to talk about announcements, this announcement kind of threw people for a loop. Um, so, Fallout 76 was announced. You know, they skipped over 5 through 75, just get right to 76. Um... And it was the next game in the Fallout universe. <coughs> now, I don't have much reference for the Fallout series. I really like New Vegas. Um, you know, I just love the writing and kind of world of that one. Unfortunately, I like New Vegas. This one is not uh, developed by Obsidian, which I don't see why it would be after Bethesda almost tried to make them go bankrupt to purchase them up. Uh, Fallout 76 um, was announced through a 24-hour live stream uh, by Bethesda. They they kind of had you know like the camera set up on a pit boy and a screen that says "Please stand by," and it 
I don't know, like it drew in a lot of people watching and thinking like, oh man, what's the next Fallout project? And so Fallout 76 is a very weird name, but the way how I understand how these games work are through, um, like, you know, right before the, uh, the apocalypse, the nuclear, new nuclear holocaust, um, people kind of go hiding in these vaults. And so Vault 76 could be a vault. Um, have it pulled up right here. Let's see. Um, a control vault that is intended to open and recolonize the surface after 20 years. So that's kind of interesting. Um, so this is going to take place probably before Fallout. Things like Fallout 3 and uh, Fallout 4, obviously. Um and it's probably going to come off as more of a, like, probably like more of a combat-style game instead of an RPG. So, that's something, um, there are reports coming out of this. Uh, Jason Schreier of Kotaku reporting on a rumor that the game is online-focused, kind of like something like Rust. If that's the case, I don't know, that doesn't really sound appealing to me. Like, The Elder Scrolls Online isn't that great. Um, so, un, you know, unfortunately. Um, however, looking at this list of Fallout vaults, there's a few interesting ones. Uh, Vault 77, one right after 76, is populated by one man and a crate of puppets. Uh, that would have probably been, uh, really interesting to see. I would have liked to see that game. Kind of some other stuff here. There's a, I think my favorite is Vault 69. Um, of the thousand people who entered, there was only one man. I don't know how well that would have worked. <laughs> I don't know, some of these vaults are very strange. I believe Vault 69 came from one of the earlier Fallout games. Or was like mentioned. Uh... It was mentioned along with Vault 77 in a book, it looks like. Hmm. Well, they got so close to a really interesting one with Vault 77. Yeah, I don't know, those are two ones that kind of stick out. Yeah, Vault Fallout 76, if, it, if the rumors are true and it's an online shooter, I am not interested in the slightest. Oh, well. But uh, we'll probably see more f at E3. Bethesda's E3 conference, probably. Yeah, not much kind of happens. Um, there's some screenshots that came out. One kind of showing off a vault, and it says, Reclamation Day, and yeah, it looks like a party just went off. And, yeah, I don't know. It, we'll, we'll see what it is. So, Walmart has been leaking stuff constantly. They had this huge leak kind of like a few weeks ago that like it was like, hey, new Borderlands game and new Assassin's Creed game and there's going to be a new uh, Battlefield game. And like It's just a huge list of stuff. And something that they have recently leaked is Team Sonic Racing. Now, if you're not a Sonic fan, that's totally understandable. I have, I have some affection for Sonic. I do enjoy some Sonic games from time to time. You know, I always play Sonic responsibly. 
Um, teams, uh, the Sonic racing games that have come out over the last few years, um, Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing and Sonic All-Stars Racing Transformed were fantastic. They were developed by Sumo Digital, and they are kart racing games, and they're really good. They're, And, you know, these kart racing games are fantastic. I think they're really good. Um, so I'm kind of interested in this. Uh, I'll be disappointed if it's only Sonic characters. And it kind of looks like it's a step back if there's no... Because uh, in Racing Transformed, you transform into a plane and a boat. Uh, the boat sections are kind of weak, but the plane sections are cool. And you get these stages that, like, parts bust off or get flooded and, you know, just stuff happens to them between laps. And I'm trying to remember, I believe there's a stage where it's like, you st first lap is the ground, second lap is the sea, third lap is the sky. And, like, that's super cool. Like, that's a super cool concept that I really like seeing explored. And it's going to suck if it's not there. And also, I'm going to... Gonna not be that cool if you can't play the other Sega characters like you could in the other games. Oh well, we'll have to see what it is. You know, who knows? Um, probably we're gonna definitely see more stuff at E3. Yeah, these I don't know these screenshots just just kind of show them in cars. Oh, no, 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 that kind of sucks. Uh, some other stuff kind of coming out with this game is that they promise 15 playable characters. And car customization options. Uh, you'll also get power-ups based on wisps, which makes it sound like they're not following the formula that the last two racing games went. Which, you know, that's pretty disappointing. You know, it's going to suck that I can't play as Danica Patrick in the new Sonic game. Yes, she is actually a character you can race as in Racing Transformed. Also, Football Manager. Like, eh, that game has a sense of humor that I really like. Oh, well. Yeah, uh, like you know, like a lot of this stuff, we'll have to wait and see more. Who knows? Um, so next is Star Citizen. Star Citizen, the most infamous crowdfunded game ever. The game that no, will it come out? Who knows? I think I'll probably be dead before it comes out. Star Citizen's twenty-seven thousand dollar bundle raises eyebrows. They are still. Taking your money, and they still, uh, I don't know, it's, I recently just learned about everything that happened with Star Citizen, and how people have been waiting for it since 2012, and I just feel so sorry for them, because of this. So there's a $27,000 bundle of spaceships and in-game content for Star Citizen. It caught the attention of some backers and detractors of the massively crowd-funded space combat adventure earlier this week. Um... As a concept, the Legatus pack is, it's, you know, it's nothing new. Star Citizen has been offering these types of microtransactions for a while. Um, things like uh, you can get a, there's a completionist pack with every ship in the game that you can buy for $15,000. Um, the even higher price tag of this pack and the extra items, you know, has extra items thrown in. And like a past high roller offer, it's available only to those who've contributed a thousand dollars or more to Star Citizen's funding. So, in order to buy this twenty-seven thousand dollar bundle of spaceships for your video game, you have had to have spend at least a thousand dollars prior. It's it's a weird situation, and you know, especially because the game has pulled in 
185 million in crowdfunding over six years and has a development timeline that can be called at best non-traditional. Like, there's tons of people out there who have more time than me who have explained all of this. I definitely recommend looking it up. It's wild. It, it, and it's crazy. People are straight up just getting fed up with Star Citizen and ha you know saying things like, oh, it's never going to come out. You know, it's... I don't know. It's it's just so weird. You know. And Star Citizen has its defenders who will defend every decision that they make and it's this whole situation is something, man. Man, it's I don't know how to feel about it cuz I haven't backed it. I'm glad I never backed it because I would feel so burned right now. But at least it kind of seems to be coming along, I guess. They're still taking your money. Well, like like with everything we've talked about today, we'll just have to wait and see. And so, so leaks keep happening. <laughs> it's ridiculous how they just keep happening. It's, it, it's crazy, this E3. Like, I've never seen an E3 that has this many leaks this fast. It's insane. So, Assassin's Creed Odyssey has been leaked. First, a new Assassin's Creed game was leaked by Walmart. And, you know, we just didn't know, like, oh, it just said Assassin's Creed. Who knows what that's going to be? People were kind of not looking forward to it because uh, last Assassin's Creed, that was Assassin's Creed Origins in Egypt, people liked the fact that they took their time. You know, they, well, took their time. They took a year off of releasing yearly Assassin's Creed games. And this is, I don't know, it's kind of disappointing that they're going back to a yearly release. Um, so Assassin's Creed Odyssey was leaked by a piece of merch that showed up. And Assassin's Creed Odyssey keychain, someone took a photo of it and was like, Hey, what's what's, what's up with this? What's, what's this doing here? This isn't from an existing game. And so Ubisoft had to quickly throw together a trailer of an assassin kicking someone off of a cliff with the message, see you at E3. I'm like, okay. So I guess we're going to see this. Um, uh, so looking at like the name Odyssey, uh, people are speculating it's going to be set in Greece. You know, going to deal with, who is it? Homer? Is that the main character of the Odyssey? I haven't read the Odyssey since high school. Like I don't have a need to. So who knows? It's, you know, it's interesting. I don't know. Ancient Greece is not a location that they've tackled in the Assassin's Creed games. Uh, apparently that Assassin's Creed Origins was pretty good. Pretty good. It, it, lo it looks really good. So, and uh, we have our last story here. And it's about Evolve. <laughs> if you remember Evolve, this super overly ambitious shooter where you would, uh, it was, uh, what was the concept? Like, one person would play as the monster, the other people would have to play as soldiers trying to kill the monster. So Evolve kind of came out amidst, like, amidst some, like, controversy about how, some controversy about how much DLC the game had, and it was, like, ridiculous. People were like, wow, that's a lot of DLC for this game. Played the game, it's not that great. And then you have kind of people dropping off of it. 
So then they're like, all right, let's make the game free to play. Because that's usually what you do when you really need to, you know, drug up some interest uh, for your multiplayer game that's starting to kind of die. So they did that. They saw a spike in players. Then it went back down. And Evolve servers are going to be closing in September. It is kind of sad, uh, but they did confirm you can still play over peer-to-peer and keep all the DLC you bought. Uh, yeah, it's four-on-one monster hunting shooter. Um, it launched back in 2015. It was, you know, that that kind of sucks. Yeah, it's... This kind of thing really does suck, and one of the reasons why I'm not a big fan of multiplayer-only games, because, you know... It, when a multiplayer-only game kind of goes over something like this, then, you know, it sucks. Because then it's like, oh, I guess I can't really play the game anymore. Uh, but they did say you can still play over peer-to-peer, which is good. Which is great. Um, if you know how to set that up. I don't know how to set that up. But I never played Evolved, so who knows? Maybe people who are a lot smarter than me will be able to figure that out. And with that, uh, that's the last story for this week. Uh, tune in next week where we're going to be talking about uh, even more news. Um, I'm not going to cover, in next week's show, I'm not going to cover any E3 stuff. Um, well, you know what would be a good thing to look up? Let's go ahead and look up the E3 schedule. Because, you know, kind of like, let's let's kind of see, like, if I wanted to cover something, what would I cover? So... Oh, wait a minute. There's actually a lot more than I thought there was. Alright. So I was slightly wrong. <laughs> um, Let's see. EA, Microsoft, and Bethesda will be going. Um, So, looks like I will talk about E3. Uh, E3? Yeah, I'll be talking about E3. I'll be talking about EA, Microsoft, and Bethesda's conferences uh, on next week's show. Um... And the week after, I'll be talking about Square Enix, Ubisoft, the PC gaming show, Sony, Nintendo video presentation, and probably Devolver Digital's thing if they do another thing this year. I really hope they do. Last year's was fantastic. If you haven't seen their uh, 2017 press conference, look up Devolver Digital 2017 press conference. It is fantastic. And so without further ado, everyone, this was Quick Save on KRU. My name is Brent Landreth, and I will see you next time.